So, Cameron, what are we talking about today? Are we recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I've just put it on. Great. Yeah. So, where are we? We're at Urbanaut, another mm. brewery, again in, where are we? City of Sales, Auckland. Yes. Kingsland, even. Yeah, yeah, more locally. Kingsland, yeah. yeah, which we were last time we recorded. Yeah. No, we no, we're in we Mount were, Eden. We were in Mount Eden. Oh, we've done so many episodes now. So I know, we're getting confused. Thanks. I will say though, I was here three weeks ago just before the Auckland Marathon or half marathon that I did, Baz of the Marathon. And that's when I realised that Urban Ort was Urban Ort. Oh, yeah. As in city, urban. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. That was a good one. That's the one you tried. What is it? Oh, Marshmallow or something? Yes, yes, strawberry pavlova. Oh, strawberry pavlova. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's yum. Oh, so, yeah, the marathon. Why don't you start with your updates? Awesome. Why don't you start with your awesome marathon that you did? Okay, so, as you know, potentially the listener might know, but they might not, but I know you oh, know. probably seen you on TV or something. Yeah, probably. Is it I a was small TV they carry around in their hand? <laughs> exactly. So, I was... I've been training for this marathon forever, actually, since for like July, life. which for is actually life. my whole life, which is actually like quite a long period of time. But I got really good training in. Like when we were away in LA, I was, other than a couple of runs, one I was sick and one with my Achilles, couldn't do. I was great. And so my goal was to do a Boston qualifier, which was easy for me. Like three hours and 50 is, it would have to be catastrophic for that to go wrong. Yep. for me not to do that and so my actual goal was sub 3.30 3.30 and below and I knew that I could do 3.30 and I never allowed myself to imagine going above that actually you know like I oh, going faster than that no no sorry going slower oh, right, I'm like yeah. oh no of course I'm going to do 3.30 like I didn't even make it an option for me to consider that I would be slower and so when prior to that I'd done my park run which was a sub my sub 20 park run, so 19.32, which I was really stoked with. And prior to that, I hadn't done sub 20 in years. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm obviously fit enough. And then I just had such a good feeling the lead up to the marathon. I didn't get any of those usual nervous, un uncertain feelings. Like you always know, you know what it's like. You know that you'll complete, but you just don't know how you're gonna go. But I never even entertained the thought that it would be a bad race. I was like, of course it's going to be good. I just don't know how good, Yeah. actually. So I took out all unknowns with regards to the nutrition stuff. Kept it like really simple, low residue diet, so low vegetable intake the day before. Just had a UCAN bar and a banana the morning of. Had two hours in between. Got the toilet stop I needed. And then we just, there were no paces and I was relying on a 3.30 pacer, but there was none. And so I was there with my mate Tom, who had put in his pace of pro a 3.25 time, which I thought was quite ambitious. Even for me, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. And then our other friend, Emma, who was gunning for a 3.30 or below, but wasn't quite sure. So we all started out together. And then we were fine until 9K, I just needed a quick loose, like an in and out 30 seconds. And so I lost Tom at that time, but I was still on pace. And in fact, I think I went through, Emma and I were together for the first 24K and we went through halfway at about one hour and 43 or something. And then my goal was to just get to about 32K and on a sub 30, 30 pace. 
and then see how fast I could go. And But actually, at about 24K, I just started running about 10 seconds a K faster. Just, it just felt, mm. it was hard, but I actually really loved the feeling of it being hard. And you know, you and I talk a lot about mindset and about how you actually, like, you just got to get out of your own head a lot of the time and out of your own way when it comes to anything sport, nutrition, business related. And so the whole time I was thinking, man, this is hard, but actually this is what I signed up for. So just enjoy yeah. the fact that it's hard and I'm here for it. So, and I was really like, really happy with that. It's actually, it wasn't even a forced thought. It was just how I was thinking. And then I just started ticking people off and I was coming through and then at about 30, and I was also thinking how grateful I was that I had no stomach issues. Um, and then at 35K, I could see Tom up ahead again. And then I just gained on him. And then at 36K, I caught up to him. And then we went through 37K together. And then I passed him and then just ran. And then just, and I was just running and it felt awesome. And I ended up with a 322, 31. Yes. Yeah, awesome. And uh, you could tell that you enjoyed it because you wouldn't shut up about it for days. Days? Afterwards. Look at me, 20 of you. You just asked me about it and I gave you this like five minute like monologue. <laughs> or rather than, oh yeah, it was sweet. No, and then one of your friends videoed you over the line and we, we watched that video. Yes. And then you just looked stoked to be, not stoked to be finishing, stoked with your... And execution. Yeah. It was spot on. Like, I was concerned at the start when Tom had put his pacer pro in and said, let's run together for this time. Mm because I wasn't sure that I could do that time, but also I didn't know that I could run the way he ran because he likes to hit the downhills really quickly. Yeah. And I knew that I'd, if I'd done that, oh, my quads would be smashed. So I had to trust that I would catch him in the end. Yeah, you know what though, that could, that could be an opportunity for you yeah. to learn to run downhill. 100%. Especially on a course like that. Because yeah. you, you say that your quads, but actually if you're running on the, if you're running well on a downhill you just let your legs go so you totally don't, agree um, so you actually you're not breaking so you're you're actually like running fast but not earning too much and not absorbing too much so that could be some practice well for you given that and i know this isn't a running podcast but given that my next event is the 102 at tarawera mm. i have to do mm. more of the eccentric training yep even just to save not so much for speed but to save save the impact on your totally because I have been in that position, like last time I did Tarawera it was 60k and by the time it came to the bit that I could have run, that 15k mm. at the end, couldn't, yep. my quads were gone. And you can tell the people who are good at that when yeah. you see them running yeah. downhill and it looks effortless that they're yeah. running downhill. Yes. And then, um, and then you're jamming, not you, Universe. Us, yeah, yeah. jamming on the brakes yes. to try not to fall over Yeah. and that takes a lot of energy. Yeah. You don't have to do too much with that to, to burn your quads out. Uh, it's cool. It is cool. And Queenstown was Queenstown was fun. Yeah, and a change in Queenstown, eh? Just with the change downtown, mm. the pedestrianised yep. being pedestrianisation. Yeah, I think it's really, I guess, they, I think they might have had a bit of a, I don't know whether it would have happened anyway. Mm. And whether COVID just slowed down the development, but there's a lot happening there. We went to those new, that new set of buildings with the Bavarian place, which is yeah. the chain of uh, German, what would you call them? German restaurants. Uh, beer halls. Beer halls. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. 
so that was really cool. That was a really nice one. Yeah. And a fun place to hang out. Sometimes you're not sure whether you know whether those chain plates will be good, but it will really was. And then I heard on news the other day that they've got <clears throat> I'm not sure this is a good thing, but they've got like a six stories or eight story buildings happening not far from that up the hill. Oh yes. And people are trying to stop it because they don't want you could easily ruin Queenstown by putting lots of 10-storey buildings on all of the hills around town. Well, I get that, but the reality is, pre-COVID, mm. people were saying Queenstown was ruined anyway, you know, like, like for different reasons, like not the infrastructure to support all of the tourists coming in, so it was expanding out. Yeah, so that, well, it might be good actually, you get people even that area in places, which is up the hill, about yeah. all the way out of the central town by the yes. lakes, yes. to spread people out a bit. Yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah, but it's just amazing the where we stayed, out by... Arthur's Point? Shot, yeah, Arthur's Point, by shot where the shot over jet is. It's just beautiful there, like just mm. probably would avoid staying in town Yeah. again and just stay somewhere like that. Yeah, it was nice, and it had uh, those couple of nice, like one, the Canyon Brewery, yep. which was great. And then that other little brewery place just down from where we were, which was more sort of pub craft beer place, which we'll definitely have to go back to at some, like that was lovely. We didn't get an opportunity to spend too much time there. Yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. So last time we talked, I was wondering whether I was going to go to Samoa the next day. Mm. So I did go. And it was, it was pretty cool. So recap, our friend Rob from Foot Traffic Coaching was going, and was supposed to be going with our friend Scotty, Scotty Teeve, the mm. photographer, along with Seti from Samoa Events. So he puts on a bunch of, um, amazing actually, how much stuff he puts on in Samoa and in New Zealand. Yeah. Real great events. And he's also like the president of Samoan Cycling and also Samoa, uh, Samoan Triathlon, so yeah. he does a lot. Samoa, he lives in Auckland. Anyway, puts on awesome events. And planning, I'm putting on, this was a recce, to see whether it would be appropriate to put on a triathlon camp. And yeah, Rob amazing. would be the camp, you know, the coach who puts on the camp. And yeah. Seti would be the organiser of the trip, the accommodation and all the food and all, and all of that. So, spent four days in Samoa and it was amazing. Like, not, I wasn't sure what to expect because I never really thought about it that much. But yeah. Samoa is really like going back in time. Wow. Especially not on the, on, which is not on the island that Arpi is on, which yeah. is Upolo, Upolo. And basically it's just local villages and you could be in any decade over the last hundred years. Oh, amazing. You know, and you wouldn't even know, apart from yeah. the cars. Yeah. You wouldn't know, I feel like they haven't hardly changed in that time. So yeah. an awesome place to go and experience a bit of culture which you, there's not many places in the world where you can go and do that no. anymore. Can was it expensive to be there? No, no. So, well, probably cheaper than New Zealand. Yeah. And way cheaper than going somewhere like Hawaii. Yeah. And probably even cheaper than Fiji. But you gotta, you got to have your expectations right. Mm. So on Savi'i, there's not that many resorts. Yeah. And there's no, like bars or restaurants, yeah. anything like that, so you would eat at the resort, but perfect for a training camp, because yeah. basically you would go train, eat and sleep, yeah. and socialise with other people on the training camp. camp, so you don't need 
other places to go. Yeah. So. And was it, was it like, did CT and Rob decide that in fact? I think they're working through a few, a few things, like just mainly just because it's really undeveloped. Yeah. So there's no bike shop. Yeah. You know, there's a hospital on that island, so, so that's fine. There's millions of contacts there, so you can pretty much organise anything. Yeah. But I think they'll work through a few things and then maybe see if they can put one on as a trial. Nice. Maybe not worry too much about profitability of it. Yeah. Just get a few people over there. Yeah. See, see how it goes. So. Nice. Interesting. So the idea of it is a climate very similar to Kona, so yeah. where the Ironman World Championships is, but a hell of a lot easier from Australia or New Zealand to go to Samoa, like it's only a few hours, like four hours on the plane, much cheaper, Yeah. much easier. You could go and train and get some heat adaption yeah. if you were going over to race yeah, nice. in Kona a few months um, later. So, you know, they've got lava fields, the roads are similar, just uh, yeah, like a very similar environment nice. to Kona. Yeah, and are they targeting the New Zealand market, Australia? Mainly New Zealand, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Australia. So I think they'll utilise like Rob's network of cool. all his athletes, some of them. So he thinks some of his from the States might even yeah. come over. Like, yeah. Depending. I mean, it's not easy to get there from the States, I don't think. But, but oftentimes people, they're not, I mean, of course they're in it for the triathlon and the competitiveness, mm. but they're in it for the experience. And yep. to have an experience like that would be amazing. Yep. And... Um, couple of local Samoan triathletes and cyclists were there. Yeah, cool. And they were just soaking up Rob's knowledge. Oh, because Rob knows, every, like, and I, and I don't mean that in a facetious yeah, way. Yeah. He has so much knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So they're loving it. So they, you could tell, and Rob is such a, like, if you're going to go on a camp with a camp leader, like, oh, Rob's the one you want to go on. Totally. With. Can you imagine if you were, you I mean, imagine you running a camp. No, it'd be terrible. Oh, you'd be terrible, I know. <laughs> I just want. I'll just let you, okay, you guys go out. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to hang out here by myself for a while. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a great behind the scenes. Yes. You'd be great in the no, role no, that you I'm actually went. behind the scenes, man. No, I get it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, that was good. So, I took some good photos and videos and stuff. So. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures on Facebook that mm. Rob shared. And I'm not sure if they were Cam Lanksford pictures or not, but yeah, they, were. they were amazing. Mm. Yeah. Pretty easy to take good photos when you've got turquoise blue lagoons. Oh, yes. And, and coconut trees on jungle. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, while I was there, we haven't talked to any about anything about business yet. Well, yeah. that was a little bit about business. While I was there, yeah, it's not really business related, but it is. A few issues came up for me. Okay. I'm not probably talking about this in our last episode. They're not probably not. But while I was day before, just in like an hour before we were going to go out from the first day in Samoa to go riding, I saw some funny activity on the on my training tilt site. Okay. And turns out someone was. Like a hacker, yep. simple hack was doing a carding attack. So what that is, yes. is people might have stolen like credit card numbers. Yep. But they might just have the number. Yeah. And maybe the the person's name and they might not have the CVV? secret number on the back. Yeah. Or the date or something. Okay. So what they do to try and figure that out is they'll find a website that accepts a card. Yeah. So when you sign up for training tool. You can add your card details at the same time. They were, they'd written a little bot that goes through, it puts the card number in, puts the name in, guesses like either the expiry date or the CVV number on the Yeah. Bill. 
or whatever, and and then just test them over and over and over again. Changing those changing details the, changing those until details, they get it right. Until they get it right. So, so can I ask, do you get notification of any like of a failed attempt as well? Like, so I get basically anything, any error or anything that happens in the system is logged. And currently, which I've always had going, which is like stressful, but at the moment it's good. I get emailed every single one of those things. Mate. So, you know, so I always wake up in the morning with hundreds of emails that I just go through. Mainly I don't need to do anything because yeah. they just, an error happened or a log happened or whatever and not a big deal. But then if I, but then I had like 400 within a couple of minutes. So I knew something was up. So then I, all the information of what's happening is included. Not the card numbers or anything, of course, because no, you, no. you never, never pass those around anywhere. But and did you know immediately what was going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've had this sort of thing happen before. So, so you have to have these mitigations in place to try and stop people doing this, but they always sort of find a way around it. Yeah. So I basically shut down the sign-ups. So no one could sign up to Training Talk for a few hours while I was away. Was that shutting down... Everyone else's sign ups as no, well. No, 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 just, just no, your just yeah, new yeah. coaches signing up. Yeah, yeah. I don't get I don't get a, a lot. Yeah. You know, the max I might get is a couple of day. Yeah. A couple of new coaches a day yeah. anyway. So you know, and, and the name of protecting whoever's cards they were trying to steal yeah. or my rep, my reputation. Yeah. So when you have a payment processor and you have a whole bunch of fraudulent attempts at using cards, even if they fail, yeah. it affects the reputation of your yeah. your account on the payment gateway. So anyway, after some I got back and I put some mitigation in place for that. And then just before we went to Queenstown, similar thing happened. I don't know if it was the same people, but this time they were doing the same thing, but on some of my customers, because yes. training deals on e-commerce site. Yeah. So all of my coaches can accept payments. Yeah. They started doing it there, way less severe, because I'd already had I already had some other things in place to stop them doing that. So they were, instead of doing like hundreds in a few minutes, they were just doing like three or four an hour or something. Yeah. Okay. So probably if I was a bigger site, that would probably just go undetected. Yeah. I'm not even know because it would just be like if you were processing if you had an e-commerce site and you're processing. You know, hundreds of payments an hour or whatever. And as your usual. Yeah. Then it yeah. would just look natural. Yeah. But because we don't have that higher volume, I saw some come in, you know, in a row from the same site and they were all failed payments. Yeah. And then the way they were doing it, the error message was a bit odd. Like they weren't doing things in the right order, which is why they were getting errors. Yeah. So basically they didn't actually process any cards at all. Okay. So there was no real, no real issues. Well, they, they processed some, which I think when they were doing it manually. Yeah. Then I think they wrote the bot to do it, and the and bot was doing it in the wrong order. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it's a bot issue, yeah. Anyway, so I spent the whole week putting more mitigations in place so they couldn't do it. And you know, when we were in Queenstown, I was mm. working on it in between, we were in between we were going to the pub or whatever. And they'd stopped by then anyway, so it wasn't, but then you just want to make sure that, you know, they might have just had taken the weekend off yeah. And then come back on Monday. Anyway, so mitigation's in place now. And are you confident that you've been able to I'm step confident that, up? that I've got gotten rid 
of 99% of anyone who yeah. tries. So it's like it's like when a burglar comes to your house. Yes. And he sees like a security camera. Yeah. Or he sees like that your gate's locked. Yeah. You just go to the next house. Yeah. It's too hard because these yeah. these are not they're not sophisticated. Yeah. Um, attacks. No. They're not really hacking. They're just like basically what what you, you know anyone can go into a site, enter some fake card details, and see if they work. Yeah. Well, that's to use another ridiculous analogy. Not that yours is ridiculous. But it's like having a car lock, a steering wheel lock on your car. Exactly. It doesn't do a lot, but someone will look at that and go, oh, okay, yeah. don't want to go there. There's three cars next to each other, just like yeah. there's a million e-commerce websites on the net that people go to. Yeah. So pretty confident now that for the most part, they would just come try it manually, try and write a little bot. They wouldn't be able to write a bot easily to do it anymore. Yeah. And then move on to the next. Do you know what? Like, it, doesn't it just illustrate small business and the things that you just cannot predict are going to happen and then mm. potentially throw out a timeline for because that you the way that you described that that was like two weeks of work basically yeah. which you didn't have scheduled in because no. you wouldn't have known that it would have occurred and then that's just going to push everything else back like people underestimate the impact that it has yep. Yep. and of everything. course there's the argument to be said that i should have added all of these mitigations and beforehand. Oh, that's a, an interesting argument. But there or, there already was some mitigations and I could continue for another 10 weeks mm. adding more and more stuff. But basically, you know, it's... But then, is that, then it's that cost-benefit analysis, yeah. right? Yep. It is. And uh, like there was, it's all secure because it's run through Stripe. Yeah. And no one can steal anything via it. The issue is they'd already stolen the cards, the cards from, somewhere else, from someone else. Yeah. And all they're doing is trying random yeah. numbers. And you, so you know, you can, what, you, what you can do is to stop them being able to do too many at one time. Yeah. Because, because the way they're doing it, you can't put everything in place them to stop them doing it. Otherwise, no one will be able to come and enter their yeah. own legitimate credit cards. Well, you just said that you had to turn the payments off on your site. Yeah. Whilst you had actually yep. knew that you, there's nothing you could do about it because you were on a plane to Samoa, basically. Yeah. Yep. So you can't stop it completely, but what you can do is stop it so they can't do hundreds at the same, hundreds in a minute or hundreds yeah. in an hour. Yeah, yeah. So you just, you rate limit it so you detect that, yeah. then it just stops them. So that's what it's doing now. That's so good. even now, if they came and tried to do it, yeah. it would allow them to do it the first few times because it's just like a normal person coming to the car and then it would stop them. Yeah. So anyway, Good. It's good. Another lesson learned. Funny thing came out, an insight came out which I already knew about myself. I secretly love these emergencies. Do you? Yes, because it's, in, you know, it's part of my nature to solve problems. problems. And if it's an emergency, it's like that thing, you know, when you You've got an exam or something and you leave it to the last minute oh, and then all yeah. of a sudden your mind just goes Yes. Like your mind turns on and it's yeah. exciting and your dopamine hits and then yeah. you actually enjoy it. So when I had my business call, my business coaching call yesterday morning. Did you speak? I did. Good on you. Another, yeah, another thing is I, I was in a cafe and I'm like, oh it's a bit loud. <laughs> it's a bit loud. I, I won't be able to speak because it'll be too loud. And that's the sort of thing that I normally do to avoid because, you know, I hate that sort of thing that is not my strength. Yeah. And I hate it. Yeah. I don't hate it. I enjoy it when I do it, but I it's, it's, yeah, um, avoid it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. it makes me anxious. Bit daunting. 
And I thought, no, that's not a good enough excuse. Yeah. Not an excuse at all. Well, it is an excuse. It's not a reason. So I had my van, so I just went and set up in my van and did all in my van. And then when I spoke, I spoke about the stuff that had happened. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. thought that might help someone else. They, you know, because it's when you, when you're, especially if you're non-technical, when you set this stuff up. I mean, most people would never have thought that that's a thing that happens. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. You know, people know that people steal credit cards yeah. or whatever, but they don't know that they might steal a number and then use someone else's website to randomly check the CVV until they get it right. Yeah. Or the exposure. Yeah. So I shared that, but I also shared my insight about how I love when the emergencies happen. Yeah. Because also, apart from that, and I use that as an excuse not to do the other things in my business that I don't enjoy so much. Yeah. Because I've got this emergency going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I so like So now that. I don't have to do the sales and marketing stuff that I committed to do for the week because there's other stuff. So it's a very good procrastination sort of method for you. Yep. yep. And, but, and is it interesting with that problem solving stuff? Because I think a lot of us might be wired that way, you know, like I love the bits that I love most in my business. I mean, I love the problem solving with a client, but I also love the pressure of a sale yep. and, the, and the launch of a program and getting everything, the deadlines and everything, making sure everything's in place like that makes me it's that cortisol pumping through it's that motivation that dopamine you crash afterwards but at the time you're on yep and the trick is that stuff that you love in your business you can't just go i'm not going to do that yeah because i have to do this other stuff yeah, yeah then what yeah. the fuck are you even doing it for totally if you don't love it yeah so the trick is to intersperse the stuff that you don't love doing but you know you have to mm -mm. with the stuff that you love doing even if it's like a couple of hours here and a couple of hours there. Yeah. Because otherwise you're not going to be able to keep it up. No, I agree. There's no way you could keep it up. I couldn't even keep it up for a whole day of doing boring stuff that, no. I, that I hate doing. And kudos to those who can do that. Yeah. But not me. No, I, I mean, don't have the attention span for it. But you still need to do it. So you just need to figure out, I'm not there yet figure out what's the best mix of stuff. Yeah. So you can, because you know some things give you energy and some things take Well, I know, and, and I was thinking that because I've been playing around since June, since leaving my full-time job to just do clients in my program, which is working brilliantly. I, it's, I've been playing around with my client hours because initially I'm like, now I don't have to see clients early, so I'm gonna make that my own time. But actually I do chuff all on that day when I have clients because my energy is in the morning mm -hmm. and my energy to give to people is in the morning. And then if I, I was doing that sort of over midday to the afternoon, but that then left me because it's my personality type to want to get their plans done. So I'm still working in the evening type. But it took me trialing that in order to sort of yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. Like, <clears throat> it's funny how they, the transfer of energy happens like that. Yeah. Because they're probably coming, they probably take. Yeah. They probably leave with energy. Yes. You've like transferred it through your computer. Totally. To, to them. Yeah, yeah, completely. So, you know. And in some ways you protect yourself because you are online. Mm. And I definitely, and I, I don't think this is a bad thing. Like I think it's helpful for me as a practitioner to, because I think it makes me a better practitioner for all of the people that I see and then my online clients. If I was in person all of the time, I wouldn't be able to service all those people because you do protect yourself a little bit with the computer. But it is still, it can be one of those 
you know, there are some weeks when it's a little bit more draining than others. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it depends what else you've got going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Anyway, so last week was a bit of a write-off. Samoa. Mm-hmm. And then Queenstown and then all of this yeah. stuff. So basically haven't really made much progress in the business since then. But what I'm working on. Yeah. And what my business coach told me to do. Oh great. Which is a great idea. Yeah. You may have mentioned it in the last episode that doing these webinars. So I've done one so far. And that was the so, middle of September before we went to Hawaii and LA. And it wasn't amazing. wasn't amazing but felt good I felt like it could be a thing to do anyway so my business coach is like just do one every week and I'm like wow no fucking way yeah that's a lot I know I'm yeah. like no fucking way and but then I'm like that's Actually, what I need to do yeah and not because doing one every week is gonna grow the business but doing one every week is gonna make me really awesome at doing, doing yeah I agree and it's gonna make me real really it's really going to prime me for then probably moving it to once every two weeks or something. Well, I think we should talk about that in our next episode about how you're going to set that up because I was at your webinar and it was awesome, actually. Yeah. I think you undersold, you just sort of underplayed how good it was. Yeah, technical issues, whatever, and a little bit of apprehension because you're just not used to sharing on that, that Lies, medium. Yeah. But that's different because it's actually, people don't, and I think this is important, and you probably know it, but that's stuff that people actually don't care about. They care about the information that people, that you have to share, and you shared great information. But an hour webinar every week is quite a thing, so I imagine they're yeah. going to be shorter. Yeah, I think I will, I will get more efficient at getting through it in much less yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I'll cut out, cut out the crap. Yeah. You know, the gaps and the fillers or whatever or the causes or whatever and I think that's one good thing about doing it for every week for ages as well. and, you know, and with my sort of volume of people yeah. I'll have times where there'll be no one there yeah yeah, yeah. I'll just do it and record it or whatever mm. send out the recording mm. they might have one or two or whatever yeah just, I think it just will just help build a bit of momentum and also help me refine it as I go which I've already done. I've changed it up from the first time I did it. Yeah. Because the first time I did it, and I, I, I focused it on a seasonal revenue and helping yeah. coaches with seasonal revenue. And I got a lot of feedback saying, actually, all of this stuff would it's be relevant. helpful to every day. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so I'm, I've changed it. I'm just sort of figuring it out now. I'm going to change it from, you know, how to, how to level out your revenue from being seasonal to like actually how to generate more of your revenue in your coaching business. Yes. How to create a more scalable business model so you can make more money every day in your I, I also think that you could take some of those concepts you introduced and delve a little bit deeper in their own separate sort of webinar. And it could be a half hour thing, you know? Yep. Like, I think there's so many, I'm, I'm not giving you advice, but I'm just thinking out loud. The way I sort of am giving mm -hmm. you advice is someone who does these things a lot is that when you've got a lot of information, you forget that other people don't know this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And a lot of that stuff, like a, in an hour, I think I cover like four different ways to generate more revenue. Yeah. 
and each of those things is quite like you can understand it when you're listening through it but then it's like oh, okay so what are the steps I need to take exactly so then what I might do is then go to a workshop yeah or like a office hours type thing where I'll actually probably set those up every week and then where I'll actually go through practically how to set those up yeah yeah with with training tool the software that's a great idea and then go right I'm setting it up here and I'll yeah. just say like, you can show up and watch yeah if you want to yeah and then also Cameron you could put them together as a bit of a course yep. to then sell on your website later on particularly with your new gear that you could record stuff with oh yeah when you can yeah well that's exciting yeah, so I've already thought about some blog blog posts to write based on the content from the yep. webinar one I want to do, I need to do shortly, is like we're going into the off-season. We're in the off-season for an hemisphere. Yeah. For a triathlon. Yeah. So one of the parts of that webinar is strat how to strategize while you've got some down, down time in your off-season. Yes. To plan a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Because I think what happens is a lot of coaches are so busy during the season, then they get the off-season and then want to take a break or whatever and then do some coaching but really it should be then figuring out it's like doing strength training in the off season is that if you're not working in your off season yeah you'll come back to the pre-season in the next year and you'll just be back where you started where you started yeah it's hard Same eh? for training as it is for business mm. you can't just take your off season off or just do the normal things that you do yeah you need to use that for building strength, setting up systems, learning new things, just stuff you didn't have time to do when you're full on working in your business. And I think that part of that will be energy management throughout your on season, mm. when you're in season, so you don't tax yourself so much and you've got nothing left. And I think that's yeah. a, a, and maybe that's a webinar session as well, it's like managing your energy when you're in. Yeah. So you've got that time and space because sometimes you're just so taxed. That's the last thing you feel like doing. Yep. Anyway, cool. Cool. Nice, Tam. I think so. All right, catch you next week. Yeah, laters.